Muli Boanji from Stony Hill. This is the Roshak Malawi update from the 17th of February. A quick summary of what's going down in Malawi. Malawi cannot seem to get a break from heavy rains. Just as the country was starting to recover from tropical cyclone Ana, torrential rains and winds hit the northern and central parts of the country, resulting in flash floods which have displaced thousands and destroyed property. In Salima district, the downpour started on Monday the 14th and has not stopped since. As a result, the M5 road has been cut off around Kombeza Trading Center along the Salima-Kota-Kota Kota Road. The bridge alongside the Magochi Monkey Bay Road was also destroyed in the rains, rendering it impassable. Meanwhile, in Balaka district, traditional authority Nakaya has expressed great dismay at the damage the deluge has caused revealing that the Balaka Shire Valley Road leading to Nakaya, Fimbi, and Utali villages in the district has been damaged as well. People in Lalongwe City have complained about heavy rains that started over the weekend and that are still pouring down in torrents. Most of the city's roads are impassable. On Tuesday the 15th, the Department of Meteorological Services announced that an intertropical convergence zone will also affect Malawi's weather. They have forecasted more heavy rains, specifically in the lakeshore, southern, and central parts of the country. Following this announcement, the Ministry of Water and Sanitation issued a notice warning locals of flooding of rivers. They asked people to keep an eye on the rivers in Salima, Kota Kota, Karonga, Mangochi, and Manchiga districts. They have since advised the general public to avoid settling in, cultivating along and crossing these rivers. They have also advised locals to pay attention to the weekly updates on floods from the Department of Water Resources. Moving on, there are some great developments in the health sector. On Wednesday the 16th, the Presidential Task Force on COVID-19 announced that Malawi is back at level one restrictions. They attributed the development to a steady decline of the pandemic. New restrictions were announced in line with the level one guidelines and these include the removal of restrictions on international travel, shifts in workplaces, and public curfews. They also announced that the public transport can now return to carrying passengers at full capacity, and that up to 100 people can go to an indoor gathering, while outdoor gatherings can have a capacity of 2,000 people. The co-chairperson for the task force said that people should still get vaccinated, as the majority of those who have succumbed to the virus were not vaccinated. She added that the COVID-19 vaccines are available in local health centers. For the first time ever, patients with kidney stones can now have surgery in the country. Dr. Charles Mabedi, a consultant urologist for Kamazoo Central Hospital, KCH, revealed that the hospital is now able to offer the surgery due to capacity building efforts that had been conducted at KCH for some months. He said that KCH, in collaboration with colleagues from the United Kingdom, was able to conduct 11 successful kidney stone surgeries between 31st of January and the 4th of February. Prior to this, patients suffering from kidney stones had to travel to other countries like South Africa and India, where they could receive their treatment. While this is still the case for other serious illnesses, there is hope that Malawi will catch up with other medical developments soon. This is also a great development regarding inclusiveness because people who cannot afford to travel to other countries will able to have complex surgical procedures done in local hospitals. Moving on to other news. 
On Tuesday the 15th, the Roads Fund Administration, RFA, revealed that two more toll gates will be constructed. Spokesperson for the RFA, Masauko Ngualuko, said the toll gates will be along the Minchinji Lilongwe Road in the central region and the Chintemba on the Karanga Mzuzu Road in the northern region. Two toll gates were introduced last year along the M1 Road. The toll gate fees caused a stir among locals who thought they were exorbitant. This led to a series of demonstrations led by politician and comedian. Bon Calindo. Even though a project to lower the price of the fees has been presented, no resolution has been made. Thus, citizens cannot dismiss the possibility of having demonstrations once the new toll gates are constructed. Speaking of demonstrations, on Wednesday the 16th, the Malawi University of Science and Technology, probably known as MUST, was closed indefinitely due to disagreements between the management and students. According to notice signed by the registrar, the university's council arrived at the decision following illegal protests by students. Violence broke out at the school on Monday the 17th when hundreds of students with outstanding balances on their tuition were not allowed to sit for their examinations. News of the violence has taken a lot of locals by surprise, perhaps because they're accustomed to health and science school students being the good bunch that never misbehaves. The battle of culture and education is still rife in certain parts of the country. Schools open for the second term in early January. However, some children from Wangochi District are yet to report for their classes. This is because they are still attending initiation ceremonies in their respective areas and villages, a development which has concerned some education and human rights activists in the country. Some senior chiefs in Mangochi have confirmed the development and attribute the delay in concluding the initiation ceremonies to short school holidays. The police have pointed out that keeping children in initiation camps after school have opened is a violation of the children's rights to education. The Ministry of Education has since intervened and has said it will engage stakeholders to find a lasting solution on the matter. In some rural parts of the country, children are taken to initiation camps as a rite of passage to teach them the way of life and about their roles in society. It is during these ceremonies that traditions are passed from the older generation to the younger one. They are typically known as Chinamawali, but take on different names depending on the tribe and the type of initiation ceremony. Did you know that it's illegal to have a pangolin in Malawi? Persons found with this animal can get a sentence of up to 30 years. Why? Well, because pangolins have the highest level of protection in Malawi under the country's wildlife legislation. In a positive development, the Department of Wildlife disclosed that it has rescued over 15 pangolins since 2020 following a spate of trafficking cases. The rescued pangolins are then transferred to protected areas including Kasungu and Majeti Games Reserves. The Director of Wildlife and Culture, Brighton Kunchdewa said the trafficking cases have increased because the majority of Malawians are unaware that being in possession of a protected species is a crime. It seems the animal trafficking trend isn't rampant in Malawi alone. Penguins are the world's most trafficked mammal, accounting for as much as 20% of all illegal wildlife trade, and with a global population decline of 80% in the last 20 years. Penguins are now threatened with extinction. There is high demand for pangolins in Asia, where their meat is considered a delicacy and their skills are prized in traditional medicine for ailments ranging from lactation difficulties to arthritis. 
despite there being no scientific evidence for their efficacy. In Malawi, pangolin-related arrests more than tripled between 2019 and 2020. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. We are going to use Valentine's Day as an excuse to tell you how much we appreciate you being there. Let's spread love and kindness. The world needs it right now. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at podcast at Rorschach.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rorschach Malawi. Pintani Bueno. Thank you.